Hey guys, this is Shru and this is Jitri and you are listening to Bioscope. In 2013, scientists from the Siberian Northeastern Federal University heard that mammoth tusks were sticking out of the permafrost on an island in northern Siberia. They crossed miles of ice to see for themselves and soon found the tusks actually belonged to a mammoth that had been exceptionally well preserved beneath the ice, so well preserved that the scientists actually found fresh blood in the carcass. This is perhaps the best hope yet of cloning a mammoth. Mammoths are believed to have gone extinct around 4000 years ago. So why would scientists want to clone them now? Sure, it would be cool, like a real life Jurassic Park scenario, but scientists believe there are other specific benefits to bringing back these giant animals. Since 2013, scientists have continued to unearth more and more of such extinct species that once belonged to the ice age, like the woolly rhinos, the cave lion cubs, and more mammoths. Now before we get into why scientists want to bring back these extinct animals, we want to take you back to the permafrost in which these animal remains were found. So what is permafrost? Any rock or soil remaining at a temperature of 0 degrees Celsius or below for a couple of years or more is called permafrost. This can be anywhere from 3 feet to 5000 feet thick under the soil layer. Now, not all icy landscapes are permafrost. In fact, land under water bodies like the rivers and streams and glaciers is often free of permafrost despite the freezing air temperatures at the surface. Permafrost also acts like a long-term freezer, storing the carbon-based remains of plants and animals that froze in it before they could decompose. This explains why scientists have been discovering fossils of these extinct animals over the last decade. Due to the carbon-based life forms that are trapped in permafrost, it is also estimated to hold almost double the amount of carbon that's currently in the atmosphere. Imagine what could happen if this was not trapped underground anymore. Now you might be wondering, does permafrost actually exist under every piece of land on earth? Not really. Since it is mostly ice, it is found in places where the mean annual temperature is below 0 degrees Celsius. Now this explains why about a quarter of the entire northern hemisphere has permafrost where the ground is frozen year around in fact 85% of arctic regions of siberia canada greenland and alaska are above a layer of permafrost outside of the northern hemisphere permafrost is also found in mountainous regions such as the south american andes and new zealand southern alps as well as below antarctica Weather cycles do impact the depth and position of permafrost. Now permafrost which is a mix of ice, water and soil sits below a layer of soil that does not stay frozen all year. This layer is called the active layer and thaws during the warm summer months and freezes again in the fall. In colder regions though where the temperatures are below 0, the ground rarely thaws even in the summer. So in these regions the active layer is very thin only about 4 to 6 inches. On the other hand in warmer permafrost regions the active layer can be several meters thick. In very cold areas where the active layer is thinner 
Permafrost will continue to grow downward gradually each year, extending even up to a mile. As long as the mean temperature remains under 0 degrees Celsius, the permafrost just keeps growing. It covers broad regions like the Arctic tundra, as well as single isolated spots such as the mountain top. The exact opposite of that is taking place now as the Earth's climate warms. The permafrost is thawing, thereby reducing in depth. That means the ice inside the permafrost melts, leaving behind water, soil and all the other things that's trapped in it. The thawing permafrost can have dramatic impact on our planet and the things living on it. Let's go over some of the effects of the depleting thawing permafrost. Number one is more greenhouse gas emissions. As mentioned earlier, carbon life forms trapped in permafrost make it a major source for greenhouse gases. So, as the permafrost thaws, all the stored greenhouse gases release into the atmosphere, thereby warming the climate and melting even more permafrost. This cycle triggers an unstoppable feedback loop, one that could ultimately turn the Arctic from a carbon sink that absorbs these emissions to a carbon source. A second major effect of permafrost thawing is that it affects everything that is built on the soil above it. Infrastructure damages, coastal erosions, landslides. In northern Russia, city buildings are crumbling. And in Alaska, roads are turning into roller coasters. When water turns into ice underground, it expands and the ground swells. While ice thaws, the ground contracts, which can make the earth crack or cave in. Alaskan roads forming potholes in spring is a great example demonstrating this. About 35 million people live in a permafrost zone because when the permafrost is frozen, it is as good as concrete. But as that solid ground softens, the infrastructure these communities rely on grows increasingly unstable. Thawing permafrost similarly weakens the coastlines, making it more prone to landslides. A third effect of the thawing permafrost is potentially new viruses and bacteria. Just as permafrost locks in carbon and other greenhouse gases, it can also trap and preserve ancient microbes. It's believed that some bacteria and viruses can lie dormant for thousands of years in permafrost's cold, dark confines before waking up when the ground warms up. Scientists have discovered microbes that are more than 400,000 years old in thawed permafrost. In 2016, an anthrax outbreak in Siberia was linked to a decades-old reindeer carcass infected with a bacteria and exposed by thawed permafrost. Now that we know a bit about permafrost and the effects of its thawing, Let's go back to why scientists want to bring back mammoths. In theory, this would help recreate the steppe ecosystem which existed several years ago. Now, steppe is an ecoregion that is basically similar to dry grasslands. Because grass absorbs less sunlight than trees, this would cause the ground to absorb less heat and keep the permafrost solid and in turn, their greenhouse gases on ice for longer. Large numbers of such animals would also trample snow cover, 
stopping it from acting like insulation for the ground and allowing the permafrost to feel the effects of the bitter arctic winters again this in theory would keep the ground colder for longer Pleistocene Park is an epic experiment in the Siberian Arctic that has been underway since 1996. This is focused on investigating all these processes. It is this park to which a Harvard team hopes to deliver the first resurrected mammoth hybrid within the next decade. Now while this might sound crazy, continued scientific research and large-scale experiments like these are very much needed to stop the acceleration of climate change. Although your day-to-day life may seem far removed from permafrost, it is a big part of the global warming equation and we should all care about it. In the upcoming episodes this season, we will continue talking about other phenomena that play a role in global warming and continue the conversation on how we can all help. To learn more about everyday changes that we could all make to combat climate change, Tune into our previous episode where Jitri and I chat about our carbon footprints. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us on Instagram at bioscope underscore podcast or email us at bioscope dot podcast at gmail dot com.